Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is Bitch Slap. I'm Rachel Fisher. I'm Desi Jettikin. And this is season one, episode six, Second Chance. Now, up top, I want to say something. Okay. Not once do we hear about Jane's pregnancy in this episode. It doesn't come up. It doesn't come up at all. Isn't that weird? Not even like a little side chat in the courtyard. Not even a reference to it. Yeah. I thought that was really bizarre. Not even a morning sickness or just anything anything so it's poker night at the complex and allison is taking everyone's shirts everyone's shocked who is this allison she's fun but you know she's like (laughs) you know she's just like using math or something yeah she's she's killing it um billy of course is dismissive of allison again He's back on that wavelength with her. Yeah, they're having their like, um, yeah. He doesn't. He doesn't buy that Allison is actually good or knows what she's doing, right? No, and he's yeah. Once like Billy is a kind of a jealous guy. Billy's someone who, like we saw in last episode, how he was jealous of Matt for having a cool job or what he thinks is a cool job. Yeah, and and he's like. He's jealous of Allison for because you could you I bet Billy thought that night I'm going to be the poker king and this is my next column. Yeah, <laughs> like Billy thought like oh my grandpa taught me how to play poker. Everyone's going to be really impressed with my skills. But and it's then, especially emasculating for Billy for it to be Allison yeah. of all people and everyone's sort of impressed. He so, wants to be the one impressing. Somebody does say, I think it's Allison. Will you just shut up, Billy? Finally. <laughs> um and Jake is Jake and her are like in the final round, right? Like Look, they're the last two left. I love gambling, but I don't know poker at all. So I don't know I don't I don't know. I'm like, "Oh, I guess that's good." Yeah, I mean, I know enough. I'm not like an expert, right. but they're clearly it's one of those things where you have your hand, you're betting based on how good your hand is, but you're also thinking, what's the other person got and are they telling the truth, right? And Allison was bluffing and she takes the whole pot and everyone's like, wow, Allison. So then at this point, I don't remember what leads up to this conversation about Allison studying. I think it's related to how she does well at poker. Like she crams or like her study habits in college. Yeah. yeah, She says in college, I was in college. I was the cram queen. This is how, you know, these people aren't friends with us 
Because we would have immediately been like, oh, really? <laughs> Same, but high school. <laughs> like, no one, like, makes fun of Allison. They they read everything completely innocently. What kind of stuff was crammed, Allison? Yeah. Well, we know it's nothing good or no. interesting. <laughs> Everyone clears out of the apartment, and Allison is like, here, Rhonda, take your dance tickets. Because during this game, Rhonda has bet two dance tickets. Right. She runs out of money, and she's like, can I use these? They're like tickets to some local LA show. Right. And everyone's like, I guess. No one wants them. Nobody wants those, Rhonda. No one Rhonda. wants them, Rhonda. They want $10. The next morning, Rhonda invites Matt to go see this dance performance. And Matt says, no offense, but dance puts me to sleep. The utter shade. <laughs> Matt is being very unsupportive. But I'm glad he's standing up for how he feels. But he does agree to go because she's like, I need you there, Matt. And, and that is something Matt cannot refuse. No. Someone needing him. He, <laughs> <laughs> he absolutely has to be there for people. Matt is everybody's doormat. Matt is that guy who like the therapist tells him, what about Matt time? What about what Matt yeah. wants? Yeah. Have Matt- you... Have you ever practiced self-care, Matt? Matt is like the one person, like Matt, unlike us, who's like, I deserve a little treat. (laughs) Matt actually deserves a little treat. Right. And he doesn't give it to himself. So he agrees to go to this dance performance. More on that later. Meanwhile, Jake knocks on Allison's door and he's like, hey, I got a proposition for you. Can you come over to my house tonight? And Allison's like, Jake. (laughs) I'm not going to suck your dick, Jake. <laughs> this is the most exciting thing that's ever happened to us. <laughs> Can you imagine? And they're definitely, from the get-go, making this very uh, suspicious, right? What's going on? Right. Because up until this point, we've really never seen Jake and Allison have any like serious interactions with each other. No. Let alone something that would ever be sexual or romantic. Yes. Because Allison is a goody-goody and Jake is the bad boy. And also, there's literally no reason he can't tell her in that moment, but he chooses not to, just to keep it interesting. This is insane that he didn't just say to her, even at the poker party. Yeah, or pull her aside anytime. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. So we'll find out more about that later. Next we see... Matt and Rhonda at this dance performance, and Matt is loving it. He's really impressed. This is like, I don't believe this. This is bad writing for his character, because I don't believe that Matt is unaware about other types of dance. Right. They want us to believe that he's only thinking of stuffy classical dance and doesn't know that there's lots of other types of dance uh, going on. Matt is not a naive person. Matt's like the least naive person in the building. And also, they want us to believe that this is special, too. But honestly, we've all seen it. (laughs) We've all seen dances. We're in a black box theater. It's like six people on stage (laughs) doing very basic. They would not make the first round of So You Think You Can Dance, probably. Like, it's nothing special. It's perfectly fine dancing. And they're all very good, competent dancers on that stage. But it's... Look... It's fine. But Matt is, like, blown away. It's nothing that would take a, a dance hater... To love her, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, and Rhonda, we learn, and Rhonda and Matt are just talking through this whole show. Totally. They're like talking loud through this entire show. No one around them, they should have had one person be like, shh. 
That would have been a funny little that, end to the scene. That, <laughs> <laughs> I would have written that into the scene to have someone go, the like really curt shh. Like some stuffy old bitch. Yeah. <laughs> and we're learning about the lead girl is Rhonda's perfect friend, Teresa. And Rhonda, you can tell they're friends, but are they frenemies? There's definitely some tension. And now we're kind of putting pieces together, right? Because Rhonda clearly didn't, she wanted to give the tickets away, first of all. And then we find out it's her friend's performance, (laughs) which makes that even crazier. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And this is our first Rhonda centric episode. And unfortunately for Rhonda, this episode makes her look unhinged. It's definitely not a good look for Rhonda. No. Uh, I mean, she. She works it out in the end, but for a while I was like, Jesus, Rhonda, <laughs> this is insane. So um, they're just talking through this whole performance. We're back at the complex, and Allison is at Jake's house or Jake's apartment. And Jake tells Allison, he, he doesn't even like ask her. For, he, he's still, he's not just like coming out with it. He's like, let me sit you down and tell you about my abusive stepfather, Hank. Yeah. And he drank a lot. I lived in a trailer. This is all just like someone who's never met like a blue collar person in their life writes all of Jake's backstory. Right. And Allison's like, oh my God. (laughs) She's never heard such things. She's like a trailer. Hank. (laughs) Um, And that's when finally after like 30 minutes, he's like, I need help studying for my GED. Yes. And of course, Allison's like, Jake, of course, I'll yeah, help you. This is a dream come true for Allison. Oh my God. Also, this might come off a little mean, but I'm very curious why Jake all of a sudden thinks he has a future. Like nothing has happened. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like all of a sudden he's like, now I know I have a future and I want to get my GED. That's bad writing. Because I just, it's not that I'm saying Jake doesn't have a future. Of course he does. We've, we've all seen the other seasons. Um, but it's like nothing has happened. Like, did he get a cool new job? Has he met someone? Has he started therapy? Like nothing has happened where anything would have changed how Jake felt. Because last few episodes, he's hopeless. He doesn't have a job. Well, he does get that job at the motorcycle shop. That's true. That's but he true. never mentions it again after that. I'm just curious. There was, there's, they didn't give us any reason that Jake would have changed to think he has a future. Even if it was just him saying, you know what? I always thought I didn't, but now I know I do. <laughs> I did that bungee jump. <laughs> like it changed the way I feel. That like, would have been something. A, that would have been a fun tie-in to the last episode. Yes. You know what I realized after I jumped off that bridge? I have a future. I don't want to die. Or whatever it could have been. It could have yeah. been something so stupid, but whatever. Next, the performance. We're back at the performance. It is ended, and Matt is like, "So you want to go say hi to your friend?" And Rhonda's hesitant. This is there's yeah. clearly some weird shit going on between mm-hmm. them, but she relents and she's like, "Okay, all right, we'll go say hi to Teresa." So they go backstage, where we see Teresa, you know, being hot in front of her little dressing mirror yeah. and Rhonda and Teresa hug and Matt comes up to her and he's just gushing. He's like, Oh my God, that was literally the best thing I've ever seen in my life. I was moved to tears. I shat my pants. I mm. fucking love you. You're great. And Teresa's like, mm-hmm. Yeah. She, she's like, <laughs> she's like, mm-hmm. Flirting I know. With him. Yeah. She is flirting with him. She's like, I'm glad I could turn you on, Matt. And then, <laughs> yeah, she says to Matt, I'm glad I could turn you on. And Rhonda says, not all the way. <laughs> Rhonda. Rhonda had to cut Matt down to size. Yeah. 
As, you know, yeah, she, totally. She basically was like, "Listen, Teresa, he's a homosexual. <laughs> so there's he only likes so much you could do. Matt Believe sucks me. cock. <laughs> he's not gonna fuck you. Get the over only guy it. who doesn't want you, right?" <laughs> <laughs> But Teresa also is like, hey, why don't we all go out to dinner right now? And Rhonda doesn't want to go out to, to eat. But of course, Matt does. And Rhonda's like, Matt. No, Rhonda is hedging and high, hemming and hawing. And Matt is immediately like, yeah, let's go take you out on the town. Yeah. Which you know means shooters. <laughs> <laughs> I was floored because Teresa specifically said, let's go get a bite to eat. Right. They end up at fucking shooters once again with the bad lukewarm mozzarella sticks and the wings. And that's where you would take someone in LA who wants to see LA. I'm furious. It was wild. They could have, I mean, like even just take her to a taco truck. Or as a writer, act like you went somewhere cool and ended up at shooters at the end of the night. Like, right. Do you know what I mean? Like, look, I know that's your, one of your only three sets. Right. So go up to shooters and be like, wow, we went here and here and here. And then we ate at Spago and now we're at shooters to wrap it all up. Like, whatever. Just one line, one line, Just one line, but they end up at shooters in this scene. We learn that Rhonda and Teresa have known each other since high school and Teresa's like, you know, if it wasn't for Rhonda, I wouldn't be where I am today. Rhonda is just seething with jealousy during this whole dinner or whatever. whatever. Yeah, shooters. she's like oozing, oozing it. Like she's furious. And then um Rhonda or Teresa mentions an audition, and Matt's like, what audition? Yeah, and Rhonda's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> she's like, don't bring that up now. Yeah, like, she doesn't want to talk about it. No, and that's when Matt learns that there is an audition for Teresa's dance company, and Rhonda didn't go, doesn't want to audition for the dance company. And Matt's like, Rhonda, are you nuts? And, and Ther- Teresa's like, you can't just be a cardio funk aerobic instructor your whole life. What are you doing? Yeah, and we learned this will be Rhonda's second chance, right? Because, because- her first chance. <laughs> was five years ago, which they make seem like it was like 20 years ago because they are so young. Yeah. They're like five years ago when Teresa auditioned for the dance company, Rhonda was going to audition, but she didn't because she broke her ankle and that's why Teresa got the spot. I love the assumption that Rhonda would have for sure got it. Right. (laughs) Like It wasn't like Rhonda got it, broke her ankle, and then Teresa replaced her. That's a more direct line. <laughs> yeah, that should have been the thing. That should have been like, oh, she broke her ankle and they, she couldn't do the first performance, so they cut her and they picked her back up. Yeah, yeah. Like, but it, yeah, so they're acting like as if she really would have got it and Teresa was sort of second choice. Right. So this is, we learned that this is the source of Rhonda's seething jealousy is that she broke her ankle and... For the past five years, she's thought, what if, what if I was in the dance company as opposed to teaching aerobics in Los Angeles? And Teresa is living her dream or what her dream was. Because Rhonda has said before, and she says it again in this episode, that if you're not in a dance company by the time you're 21, you can forget it. Yeah. And she's She's, 22. She's done. She's fucking done. Her (laughs) career is over. Allison and Jake are studying and it's math. Okay. This scene where he's they're going over the um, answers, 
<laughs> this took so long. Why did they spend this much they, time? None of the answers were funny. No. I couldn't believe that they went through each of the four choices. And this is not just like a cow, a horse. No. It was long word problems. <laughs> it, it was like this. It was like Mrs. It was like Mrs. Tillman wants to put a pad on her dining table. If she needs to tip it to pad, how many a square feet area? Is it six feet, but no less than eight feet? D or B four feet but no less than eight feet. C. It, she took so fucking long. It was long. crazy that they went through each answer. I was like, "What are they doing? Like, what are they doing?" I'd rather see five more seconds of the dance company. Like anything but this. It was crazy. Um, and Matt's like, or Jake's like, oh, "Let's take a break." Jake's over it. He's fucking done. Allison is living. She's like, I have a second pot of coffee on. <laughs> Let's cram. <Yeah>. <laughs> Meanwhile, Matt and Rhonda arrive home and Matt is like, Rhonda, Matt's pissed at Rhonda again. He's like, why aren't you pursuing your dream? This yeah. is crazy. Like, what's wrong with you, Rhonda? Uh, this is Matt's big scene. This is his, yeah, fine. <laughs> this is a big scene for Matt because he has a really impassioned speech he is doing what he does best, gassing up all the other characters. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm just going to, like, look, we do get a Matt-centric episode that's really heavy in the next couple episodes. Right. But I will be forever mad that, like, just how dirty Matt was done in this show. That he, like, his potential was wasted. Because he's a charming actor. He's a great actor. Yeah, like, he's, like, got a lot of charm. Everyone likes him. Yeah. He just doesn't have any storylines, and it's crazy. The storylines they do give him are just, like, such second tier compared to the other storylines. I think their mistake is thinking, like, every big storyline he had to do was, like, gay-related. And yes. it's, like, um, gay people have lots of other dramas in their life that don't revolve around that aspect. Like, right. he could have been in any of the other dramas. Oh, my like, God. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's just a mistake. Yeah, I mean, he's such a great character that it just, like, bums me out that whatever. But totally. anyway, Matt's doing his Matt thing where he's like, you know, you're so money and you don't even know it, Rhonda. Yeah. And Rhonda is like, that part of my life is over. No, she's being a baby. Rhonda, you're 22. Yeah, come on. And and he says, don't you believe in fate, Rhonda? No. Because he's like, this was fate. <laughs> That yeah. we went to this dance show and, and that there's an audition. Yeah, your second chance. This is your second <laughs> chance, Rhonda. That's what the episode's called. That's what the episode call. And I'm going to look and break the fourth wall and wink <laughs> when I say it. He was furious. Yeah. Anyway, this is a good place to take a break. We'll be right back. Okay. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. The next morning, Billy knocks on Jane and Michael's door and he's like, did Allison come home last night? Yeah, he's... He's very concerned because Allison is not there and she never came home. And you just picture, but we all know what Billy looked like. He was peeking through those blinds <laughs> all night long, waiting to see Allison roll on in, kissing some guy or whatever she's up to. Uh, and she didn't come home. No. So now he's waking everyone in the complex up. It's literally like 6.30. Like it is very early and he's waking everyone. And Michael's like, Oh, maybe she got lucky. Yeah, of course. Sandy overhears this conversation and she is up on the balcony where her apartment is. And she's like, it's not even 7 a.m. Can you shut the fuck up? (laughs) You could also not get out of bed. (laughs) That's what I would do. She's in like a robe. I'd put a pillow over my head. Or it's like, are the walls that thin? Right. That if someone's in the freaking courtyard, you wake up? Well, it's crazy because they weren't even having a loud conversation no. It was just like a normal volume conversation. She's like, can y'all shut the fuck up? <laughs> Everyone in this complex is on the ready to pop out at any moment <laughs> to <laughs> overhear or oversee something. It's imperative. <laughs> um, but of course, she's like, what are y'all talking about down there? Yeah. Well, now that I'm here. Yeah. Uh, they s- Then um, everybody sees Allison, Jake's door open and Allison leave. Because everyone's out in the complex. Yeah, we wait till everyone's out. <laughs> we and then, see the shocking reveal. The shocking reveal is that Allison is leaving Jake's house at 6.45 in the morning. And everyone's like, <gasps> what? Sandy's like, my stars. <laughs> she really does say that. Um, but Allison, of course, has sworn Jake to secrecy. And she can't tell them. About the GED. That, he's, that it was... All innocent. He was, look, even if Allison had said she was just helping him study, everyone would still think they fucked. No. The, this start sets up a bizarre <laughs> series of conversations and misunderstandings purely because Allison refuses to even deny anything. Right. Not only does she not say anything about the GED, which I guess is understandable if he doesn't want her to say anything, she doesn't even say... Whatever it is, we're not fucking. You can believe me or not, but that's the case. He doesn't want me to tell you. Like, whatever. She doesn't even deny anything. No. She's just kind of like, I don't know. Think what you want. <laughs> like, whatever. I but it's bizarre. She, I think she wants people to think they're fucking. Well, and what we said off off uh, camera or off mic was, it's like very, it's a very threes company misunderstanding, sexual misunderstanding happening uh, in this episode. Yes. So... In the apartment, Billy is like, of course, hounding Allison. He's like, do you want to talk? Yeah, he's hounding because she's like none of your business to the whole, you know, cast of characters. Right. But Billy, Billy's not letting up. I also like Billy, when they go inside and Sandy says, Jake does it again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, who hasn't he fucked? Jane? Jane and Michael. That's it. Yeah. He fucked Matt. He fucked... <laughs> 
He did ha- mutual handies with, with Billy. Billy. <laughs> with Billy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He didn't. Yeah. Jake wouldn't fuck Billy, but they would jerk each other off. Yeah. Just for a, sure. It's just a bro thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Jake would absolutely top Matt as a friend. Absolutely. Like as a good friend. I think so. Anyway, J- Allison is like, no, Billy. I swore Jake to... J- Billy, yeah. it's none of your business. I can't say anything. <laughs> and he's outraged. He cannot believe this. Um, at, at Rhonda's studio later, Teresa shows up. This is the first time I noticed in Rhonda's studio the um, <laughs> stack of fuchsia-colored um, steps. Yes. Remember those? Yes. <laughs> Where you could stack like one, two, or three. Yes. <laughs> And they're just piled up along the wall. Just I, made me laugh. Honestly, I love aerobics class. I think I think it should come back. Why did it go away? Because it was like some of the moves were kind of not good for your body, right? But I feel like you could adjust it. That's not true. I feel like there were some moves that people were like, that's not good. What? Like donkey kicks or something. But we do <laughs> but people still do donkey kicks. I, I that's my memory. Like there were certain moves that people thought were like not good for your body. I just thought it was it went away because it wasn't trendy anymore. Oh, I think I do remember that there was some sort of thing, especially with like Jane Fonda type stuff. Like some of her moves were considered not good. Which is like Whatever, if that's the case, you can still adjust it yeah. and do cardio. Like they just have other names for it, I think. Right. Different cardio classes. Right. I do want to go to like a cardio dance class though, because that is like a fun way to work out. Oh yeah. I love it. I love not being able to do it until like the last move. <laughs> and then they switch. Yes. <laughs> um, so Teresa shows up. And Rhonda tells Teresa, I've decided I'm going to audition. And Teresa's really supportive and she wants to help. Mm. So at this point, we're like, Rhonda, you're really being a bitch about this whole, like, Teresa seems like a very supportive friend. She's trying to help Rhonda because Rhonda likes to do things a little differently, we find out. Right. With her own funkiness. Yes. Uh, and Rhonda has some tips. Yeah. And Teresa has some Tips that are more like sharpening her her moves, right? Yeah, but keeping Rhonda's vibe or whatever. Yeah, but Rhonda tells Teresa, she's like, "Look, I have notes about your dance performance. There needs to be more funkiness." Yes, <laughs> funkiness. <laughs> whatever you think that means, like more no of one, it. no one knows. <laughs> but we need more of it. So then they, she shows off some moves. We get, a, and then we get a little dance montage. Yeah, it's a dance-off. I really like these red shorts that Rhonda was wearing over her black shorts. Over the black, like, stretchy? Yeah, the yeah. black bike shorts. She's yeah. wearing these little red short, like, shorts that had, like, some embellishments on them. She's got a cute little outfit on. Rhonda always has the best outfits. Because it's always sort of aerobics outfit. Right. <laughs> like, she can do aerobics at any moment. At any moment. Depending what she's wearing. Like, no matter what she's wearing. The thing about Rhonda's style is she always looks comfortable, but she always looks cute. I would say she has the best style on the show. I think Rhonda's style is similar to stuff I would want to wear day to day. It's a very, like you said, casual, but cute. It's like... It's she, put together. Rhonda invented athleisure. Yeah. She like invented like modern LA athleisure. She looks great. Um, then Teresa invites Rhonda to dinner after her performance that night. And Rhonda's like, Yeah, that's great. Let's go get pasta. 
Rhonda loves pasta. (laughs) This is like the third or fourth time that Rhonda has brought up pasta on this show. I feel like Rhonda just finally had pasta for the first time. And it's like now her favorite food. And she wants to always eat it or something. She's always talking about pasta. She loves it. Well, pasta was a very, um, because 90s is low fat. That's like low fat land. Yeah. Right? It's not low carb yet. No. Like it becomes. So pasta was popular with like a low fat sauce, right? Like a marinara or whatever. Primavera. Primavera. Oh my God. Pasta Primavera. (laughs) That was the most 90s pasta. That's the most 90s pasta. Besides pesto. Boy, were there variations in quality on a pasta Primavera. (laughs) (laughs) You could always tell it was going to be good if it had like high end vegetables in it. Yeah. Like asparagus or shiitake. Like some kind of cool and it wasn't just like carrots and cauliflower and broccoli or some gross combination like that like yeah if it was like kind of fancy veggies yes um i agree so Teresa is like pasta you have an audition in three days you can't get (laughs) bloated with pasta Teresa's on the on the cusp i mean she's like on the she knows what's going on with carbs she eats salad maybe cottage cheese (laughs) Like that yeah. kind of vibe. Yeah. Right. She's not putting, she, for her, I don't think it's even thinking of carbs. I think she's like, I feel stuffed when I eat pasta and right. I don't want to have that feeling. No, like Teresa's carbs, she might get something in a lavash wrap. Like a whole wheat one. A whole wheat lavash <laughs> wrap that's like sliced. Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, but yeah, she's like pasta. And next we're back at Shooters where Billy is talking to Sandy about Allison and Jake. Yeah. They're lamenting together. Because Sandy's horny for Jake and Billy's horny for Allison. And they're like imagining together what must have happened last night that would have led Allison to go and be with Jake all night. And and, <laughs> and we get a sitcom-esque fantasy sequence. With both of their versions. Both of their versions <laughs> of what happened last night. And in Sandy's version, Allison goes to Jake's door, and I notice that Allison is dressed like Sandy in this scene. Yes. She's wearing like a tight bodysuit top that's like has a sheer element to it, and it's black. It's very Sandy. Well, and here's the ridiculous part. Billy's Billy's fantasy is at least grounded in reality. Yes. Sandy's... (laughs) Has a version of Allison that has never existed and will never exist. (laughs) Like, that is not Allison at all. Ever. In Sandy's version of events, Allison knocks on Jake's door and goes, Hi, Jake. I just rented nine and a half weeks and my VCR broke. Can I watch you at your house? Classic uh, pickup line. (laughs) Although, that was a thing, nine and a half weeks, when it came out. Everyone was fucking with food. <laughs> like it we, was a thing, right? We just talked about this, right? Yeah. I don't remember. Maybe it was on uh, Patreon that we talked about how food and sex was like hot for a minute. Yeah, because of this movie. Because of nine and a half weeks. In Billy's fantasy sequence, he thinks that Allison knocked on Jake's door. Jake answers the door shirtless. And Jake is like, asking Allison to help him with a spider on his ceiling. And he goes, I mean, that part was stupid. But Jake would answer the door <laughs> shirtless. Yeah, this was accurate. I also noted that Allison is dressed like Billy in this scene. 
Oh. She's wearing a flannel shirt. So both of these narcissists have to insert themselves <laughs> somehow into their fantasy sequence. <laughs> That's what I took away from this. I think the costume director for this scene was very strategic because we cut back to them at Shooters and Billy's wearing a, a, a flannel shirt. Right. And Allison's wearing a flannel shirt in this in the fantasy sequence. Billy is just not creative enough right. to think about what Allison would be wearing. So he has to use his own clothing <laughs> at the time of his fantasy. Yeah, it's like you like you haven't seen this bitch put on a floral vest for like the past no. four months. It's crazy. Idiot. Uh next we see Allison and Jake studying again. And Allison starts telling Jake about who she was in high school. She she says, "I wasn't hot in high school, <laughs> not like now, not like, <laughs> not like now, or I'm a fucking smoke show." And she says, "She's like, I just cared about getting good grades, hmm. trying to fit in." And Jake's like, "I'm the opposite." <laughs> yeah, Jake's like, "I was always hot." I didn't Alice, care about grades. <laughs> Allison's talking about what a loser she was in high school. Meanwhile, she's wearing like the largest baggy khaki shorts and belt combo. Yeah. I mean, none of this is surprising news. We're, yeah. And then and then she punctuates by saying, can I get a glass of milk? No, I wrote that down. She's like, do you have any milk? I was like, I'm going to vomit right now. Because <laughs> it's like, how do you talk about what a dweeb you were? <laughs> and then you ask someone for some hot guy if he has any milk. <laughs> Sorry. It's like totally like, I, I was like cringing for her. I was like, Allison, you have zero game. She is an okay. You don't do that with a cool guy. I would ask never. him for a glass of milk or if you have milk. And then Jake is a dweeb too, in a way, because he's like, yeah. Sure, I got milk. I was like, no, you. Jake would never have would, milk in real life. Here's the thing. Come on. Jake might have milk, but he has like, he has like that tiny splash of milk at all times, right. just left in the bottom of a giant carton. And you have to smell it. Yeah, you have it's to like, sm- you're not going to trust that milk. That's what I, I was also thinking. I was like, I would not trust his milk, no. if he, even if he had it. No. She just pours it right in. And she, uh, she's pouring it into coffee. I thought she was initially drinking it, which made me... Wait, was she funny. wasn't? No, because then I saw her pour it and she was stirring her coffee with a pencil. Okay, that's later in the scene. That's equally deranged. <laughs> no, she's deranged all around. But initially, I did think she was asking for a tall glass of milk, <laughs> which is just I can't wrap my head around such a thing. Still, I have to think that <laughs> I don't know what Allison's digestion situation is, but they had both like finished a box of pizza. Like there was a few boxes of pizza laying around, and then she's putting coffee with milk into her stomach after. That- she's from Wisconsin. I think she can handle dairy. <laughs> She has an iron stomach. But that's also like a very sitcom thing where it's like piles of pizza boxes. It's like (laughs) one pizza for two people is a lot. I'm saying that as like someone who can eat a lot of pizza. That is (laughs) one is more than enough for two people having several slices each. Like we don't Uh, need three boxes. (laughs) Come on. Yeah, she fucking stirs the coffee with the pencil. I forgot. I thought, see... Okay, that is slightly less deranged than what I was thinking. I thought she was stirring her milk. With it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, Allison, go to sleep. Go to sleep. I mean, maybe that, that let's just go with that. <laughs> She's stirring her milk with a pencil. And then Allison says, does it bother you that everyone in the building thinks we're having an affair? And there's this like heartwarming piano music. And Jake's like, no. <laughs> 
you idiot. It doesn't bother. Why would I care? Yeah, I don't Everyone thinks fuck. I fuck everything that moves. I'm <laughs> I'm used to it. Who cares? Uh, next, we see Teresa and Rhonda walking down the street, and Teresa is shaming Rhonda about eating pasta. Yeah, Teresa's just mad. I know. I know what's up with Teresa. What's that's up? like me. If I go out with someone and I get salad and they got like a burger and fries and I'm bitter <laughs> and I'm, I'm bitter watching them have what I want. Right. That's happened to us. Right. I mean, anyone, right. Yeah. You see it and then you want to make sure they don't enjoy. <laughs> okay. I don't know if that has happened to all of us. I don't, I don't think- know. I'm just saying that's what Teresa's is doing. Not me. She wants to take down, uh, Teresa's like I'm the type of person who I was like you should get a hot fudge sundae just so I can be in the vicinity of someone eating it like yes. I want to encourage people to eat bad foods right um, but Teresa she wants to bring Rhonda down because she's bitter and hungry <laughs> she's hungry uh, about it and that's what I think she's doing I I totally get that and I agree I think she was just bitter that she ordered the salad Absolutely. She should have just gotten pasta. It's like it's like a fry stealer when you're like, no, you got a side salad. I was brave enough to order fries and now you want some? Bullshit. Yeah, it's bullshit. Anyway, Rhonda then confronts Teresa. She's like, you ju- you're, you're only helping me because you feel guilty for taking my spot in the dance company. And Teresa's like, I cannot believe you right now, Rhonda. Why are you so jealous of me? Yeah. There's a competition between these ladies. Yeah. And it's been brewing for five years. Um, And this is where I would say Rhonda is completely, um, where does she get off saying that Teresa took her spot? It was not her spot. No. They both were auditioning for it. It's crazy that Teresa is not calling her out on this. Like, why is it your spot? Teresa should have said, like, do you just automatically think I'm, you're a better dancer than me, so you would have gotten it over me? It's a very reasonable question because I don't, I find it outrageous that Rhonda just assumes, it's very entitled, right? It's very entitled. Yeah, Rhonda does not come off good in this episode. The next morning... Billy is all full of pep and he's like, let's go to the beach. And Allison's like, no, I'm spending more time with Jake, but I'm not telling you what we're doing. (laughs) And she goes, Billy, why are you so into my personal life? And he's like, talk to me, Allison. Billy is so annoying. He's so irritating. He's like, it's like you want guys to communicate, <laughs> but this is too much. He's he goes, just too far. He's he, nosy. He has no boundaries. No. Back at cardio funk class, Matt is in the class and he is struggling. I don't know what Matt's doing, but it's not cardio funk. Like he's just in that class to like flail around <laughs> in his baggy t-shirt and shorts. He looks really pale. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone else is like has a healthy glow. And, and Matt is completely washed out. Like, <laughs> like he's never he's never been out in the sun he a day like in his shit. life. He looks there's looks like he does look like something's wrong with him. He's so pale. <laughs> He's not a a very pale guy, but he does look sickly in this scene. Because everyone else is a picture of health in this cardio (laughs) funk class. (laughs) And Matt is just a standout in the middle. And he's struggling so hard. Um, And Rhonda's yelling at him. (laughs) 
this, she is shaming him from her little platform stage up front. She's like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> like she's like going over the top. So we know Rhonda's going oh. through something. Poor and then, Matt. And then they're talking on the street afterwards and Matt's like, did I push you into this dance thing? And Rhonda's like, no, I'm going to do it. And I need to go practice my routine. Yeah. Sorry for yelling at you during class. <laughs> Taking out my anger I know on I you. can take my anger out on you and you won't do anything about it. <laughs> You're safe. You'll always come running back if I need you. <laughs> Next, we... Okay, this was a great scene for me personally, and I'll tell you why in a second. We go to a bar that's not Shooter's. Very exciting. This was like a completely different bar. And Allison and Jake are at the bar and Allison is quizzing Jake. Right? Yeah. They're studying. Yeah. She's quizzing him. While Allison was quizzing Jake in this scene, Brendan is sitting next to me answering the questions like we're watching Jeopardy. (laughs) (laughs) And I had to tell him to shut up because I had to take notes. And I couldn't pay attention, but he was like, Olympia. And he- oh, <laughs> right. She was quizzing him on the capitals yes. of the states. Yes. Washington. But he was Alaska. A, he was answering every single question. And it's I was like, like, okay, Brendan, you were in the third grade. We got it. <laughs> like, shut up. Um, I'm just happy he was watching the show with yeah. me. But it was annoying. Uh, then Jake name drops Northern Exposure. Right. Also very popular show at the time. My mom loved Northern Exposure. That was a quirky show. Yeah. Uh, for it's sure. It's one of those shows that people were like, that should have had more than one season or whatever. It was like a seasons. show where we had the leads, but then the real stars were the quirky sidekick characters, mm. right? Like The Good Wife? Kind of. Then, uh, yeah, Jake's test is tomorrow. He's tired of studying. He's like, I have an idea. Let's go somewhere. And so they're going to go head off somewhere. We don't know yet. No. Matt drops by the studio at midnight where he finds Rhonda still practicing. Why was he at midnight going to the studio? I don't know. It's really weird. I think he was like looking for her. Yeah. Because again, Matt has no, Matt, like Matt's codependent. He was worried about her. He was so worried about her. He even says that. He says, I'm worried about you. Mm. And this is when Rhonda confesses to Matt, the reason I never went to the audition five years ago is because I was scared. I never broke my ankle. She lied. She lied about it this whole time. And we also found out that Rhonda is the loser of her family. (laughs) Oh, right. Yeah, she has a lot to live up to. And she's like, I guess I proved my dad right. Right, because all of her siblings are like Ivy League college kids. She was a dancer, but the only acceptable way to be a dancer was if you got into a company. Now, do I believe her dad would have been like, yes, this company looks good (laughs) with six dancers (laughs) touring black box theaters in LA? Yeah. No, he would want her to be like in the Joffrey Ballet or something like he had heard of. If he was that kind of a dad. Yeah, totally. He would have had ridiculous standards for her. Um, Rhonda is just scared of failure. Yeah. Cut to Allison on the back of Jake's motorcycle. She's like, I've never done this before. (laughs) No shit, Allison. (laughs) And they arrive at the top of like Mulholland or something. And 
and Jake goes, this is where I come to chill out. It's magic. (laughs) Jake is so dorky sometimes. It's like... It is such a contrast to what they're trying to sell, which oh. is like, I don't, I don't mind it about Jake, but it's no. like, can we stop with the tough guy stuff? He is a big softy. Uh, he's a, he's like a, other than his discre- indiscretion with Kelly, he seems like a good guy, but they keep trying to make us think he's this bad boy and he's, he's just not. not. He's, he's not, not a bad boy. He is a big softy. Yeah. And he has a lot of empathy. Like he's, he's the guy who's like, I, he always does the right thing. Right. I buy that he sleeps with women and, and, and he probably feels bad when he has to end it or he ghosts them or whatever it's called back then. Like, yeah. uh, I just don't think of him as a bad guy at all. No, he's not. The only thing I think is bad about him is he has a temper problem. Yes, that's but, true. But compared to the other monsters on this show, he's pretty good. Yes. So this is like a romantic moment between Jake and Allison. And Allison, and they're like standing next to each other. And Allison points out how they never would have gone out in high school. This is a moment from like every rom com ever, <laughs> like ever, where the opposites attract people are talking about how they never would have connected in the past for some reason. Like, right. yeah, or they never would have run into each other in their real lives or whatever. And then they kiss. Now, because he says to her, we're not in high school anymore. Yeah. And then they kiss. And I have to say, I kind of like them together. I do too. And I was like, this is the most chemistry I've seen between any couples on the show. I was thinking the same thing. It's really weird. And I think it's because as much as I don't like the character of Allison, Courtney Thorne Smith is a good actress. She's a great actress. She's a great actress. And Grant Show is a good actor too. They're like good. They're both good. And I think maybe the two best actors on the show at this point, like other people get better uh, eventually. Um, And I think that's why it works because there's finally some chemistry between two people who are actually good actors. Right. Um, Because it was really, it was realistic. I bought it. Right. I bought them kissing in that moment. And I was like, even though I know they don't happen, I was kind of like, I wish they did happen. That that don't relationship, they, do they? I mean, they may. They may. I don't I, remember. I was trying to remember. I think they do happen at some point. Okay. Well, yeah, I don't remember the show as well as you because you watched it way more than I have. <laughs> yeah. So I've completely forgotten things. I feel like at some point they do happen. I could be wrong. Here's the thing about Melrose Place. So many different people hook up and get into relationships with each other. Throughout. It's bound to happen eventually. It's like, yeah. it just happens. Yeah. Um, so, I, but anyway, regardless of what happens in the future, I, I really was kind of like, this is a couple I could see working. Yeah. Uh, their opposite attracts works like yeah. uh, a lot. And I just thought it was a really sweet scene. It was a very sweet scene. The next morning, Allison is chopping up like four pounds of vegetables yeah, she's this is she's meal planning. This was I was like, at first I was like, are you making lunch at eight in the morning? But then I'm like, oh, there's eggs. She's making an omelet, and Billy is like, wow, look who's home. Yeah, and someone she, came home finally, not out all, all night skanking it up. Yeah, and and she finally tells him she's like, Billy, Jake and I are not having an affair. He's taking his GED, and I was helping him study. Yeah, and Billy's like. Well, that makes a lot more sense. Like, that's it. They're just like, oh, okay. Just, 
it's ridiculous that she didn't just say that up front or right. some version of that. Right. Sandy corners Jake in the courtyard and she teases him about Allison. And she's like, I don't think it's a good idea to date where you sleep, Jake. <laughs> Unless it's me. Unless it's me. <laughs> and she, he tells her, look, she was helping me study for my GED. And she looks so relieved. And uh, she goes, well, why didn't you ask me? Because you're dumb. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really thought he was going to say, because you're a fucking moron, Sandy. But he just says, I guess I didn't need the distraction. Yeah, he knows how to, uh, he's charming. Jake knows how to charm. He knows what Sandy wants to hear. Yes. Next, we're at Rhonda's audition, and Matt is there, of course, to be supportive slash codependent. He's wearing his hat forwards in this scene because he means business. Like, when Matt puts his hat on front ways, that's, like, serious. And he often has it on back ways. (laughs) (laughs) He usually wears his hat backwards. It's a classic Matt look. Like he in promotional photos, Matt will have his hat on backwards. (laughs) I can't. It's weird to see him with it frontwards. He looked so serious. Yeah. So. (laughs) Okay. I can't wait to talk about this audition. (laughs) It's fucking incredible. Uh, Rhonda goes in for her audition and Teresa is there in the audience. Uh, This is like a classic dance audition from a TV show or movie where you're like, you're expecting to be fucking blown away by it, but it's just so whatever sort of, I mean, I wouldn't say it was nearly as bad as save the last dance, that dance audition, but it was sort of just like, I was not moved by it. Well, okay. Rhonda is supposed to have some kind of funk that sets her apart. But whatever she did in the audition is very basic dance stuff that I've seen a million times before. It there was, was nothing unique about it. It was so generic. And I don't and I think I wonder, is Vanessa Williams a dancer? Okay. Here's what I thought, because I paid very close attention to this audition. I think she is um a moderate dancer. I don't think she's a professional dancer because I do think she's doing a lot of the moves. But whenever it was something more complicated, they always cut to shadow oh. of her, like the, like the spins and things that might be a little more complicated uh, dance moves. They cut away and you would see the shadow of her spinning. Yes. <laughs> so I, and I think that's really common too, right? Because yes. a lot of the actresses aren't like that level of dancer, even if they're good at movement. Right. And I think that's what happened. But the truly deranged part of Rhonda's audition was how she was smiling. Dude, literally. Okay. 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 I was like, "Mm, this is pretty normal. And then all of a sudden she lifts her face up and her eyes are like wide and she has this deranged smile on her face. I've never seen someone smile like that while dancing unless they're like playing a clown or like it's creepy or something. Like it looked weird. I jumped. It it was distracting. Like I, I was like, please stop. Like Rhonda, please wipe that. I was like, Teresa needs to give you that note immediately. Immediately. Because it was like, I can't express how deranged it looked. It was too much. Imagine if you were watching this performance, like the whole time you'd be like, Look at that person on the left. Like, look at their face. Like, you'd be watching their face the whole time. You'd be so distracted. It was out of control. (laughs) And in fact, I'm surprised the people filming this scene were like, you can't smile. (laughs) 
act like no one would do that. When you see, I've seen like, cause I used to watch So You Think You Could Dance. So I've seen a ton of dance auditions. I've never seen anyone smile like this during a dance. It's usually a very neutral face. Yeah. Right. Like, unless maybe it's a more hip hop, but even then it's normal smiling, like not like a plastered on smile the whole time. With no variation. Like, right. it's very weird. It was such a bizarre choice. Uh, but she nails this audition. And ter- after the audition, Teresa runs out to tell Rhonda she was fantastic and that she'll definitely be getting a call back. And that's when Teresa confesses to Rhonda that she wanted to see her. The reason she wanted to- her to audition so badly is because she wanted to see Rhonda blow it. Because then that would confirm to her that she was better than Rhonda and that she earned her spot. Now, I feel like that is a very common feeling. Yes. Like that people might have. Like I don't necessarily think badly about Teresa for having that wish because she's probably spent five years always thinking she was second best. Um, And maybe she wanted proof of that. So I thought it was big of Teresa to admit that to Rhonda because it's kind of an ugly thing. I, I kind of respect when people are like, yeah, I had this really ugly feeling and here's why. Like, yeah, it is, it's sort of a, I don't know. I respected that she told Rhonda. So Rhonda tells her it doesn't matter because I love my life here in LA. I love being a dance instructor and I don't want to do your company. So fuck you. Yes. Uh, that I, I don't know why. <laughs> I mean, I get like her wanting to prove something to herself. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe she just decided it wasn't a big enough company. Like she probably would have done it if it was a really if big company. If it was company. a big deal. If it was I just a big, don't think. Yeah. So Allison greets Jake after his test. Of course, Jake passes. She says to him, she's like, I want to talk about last night. And they have this like sweet little talk, whatever. They decide to be friends. Right. They're like, it's not about sex. It's about friendship. Cut to everyone at Shooters. They do the dorky um, graduation. They all have graduation hats somehow. Everyone's celebrating Jake getting his GED. This Jake's- is a very common episode ender where totally. all the whole gang is celebrating something in the most dorky way possible. <laughs> yeah, and the person they're celebrating is embarrassed and bashful. Especially Jake. Especially Jake. And Sandy says to Jake, oh, no, Sandy says to Allison, I knew there couldn't be anything going on between you and Jake. And Allison says, of course not, but he is a great kisser. Great ending. Great ending line from Allison. And now Sandy's spinning. Now, here was a thought when I saw that, and I thought, what could have improved the first part of this um, season one? Sandy should have been more of a villain. Yes, and I feel like they were kind of thinking of going in that direction, but then they made her sort of more um, whatever, nice. Like she was a nice person ultimately, right? Yeah. And I feel like v- Sandy should have been the villain character and it would have improved drastically and and, fi- and fell into line with what happens later. And Allison, I'm sorry, Amanda comes in to fill the role that Sandy, I think, should have played initially. Right. This kind of bitchy uh, whatever, shit stirrer. Um, and they sort of dip their toe into it a little bit with Sandy, but it's they, not quite. Yeah, because Sandy's not like a bad person. She just 
does things sometimes where you're like, all right, Sandy, whatever. Well, because she's insecure. So you wrap, you kind of were like, oh, she's just an insecure person. She's not a bad person. She has a good heart. She has a good heart. And yeah. She, yeah. And it's funny because like even the Teresa storyline, the way they set it up initially is you think that Teresa is going to be the villain in this scenario. Yes. Even though Rhonda ends up like the one coming off bad. Yeah. Because whatever Rhonda's feelings are, Teresa did nothing wrong. No. Uh, even getting her the audition, if it, even if it was for selfish reasons, technically it wasn't like a bad thing to do. <laughs> like, right. She didn't, yeah. like, she didn't try and sabotage no, her no, audition. No. Um, yeah, that's the thing about the first season. There's just not the, the inter-conflicts with people in the complex. Yes, There's, all of the things come from outside sources. And they realize that's not going to work anymore. Right, because it's like, it's Perry, Jake's ex-girlfriend. Right. Or it's um, Teresa. Or Allison's coworker. Yes. And those conflicts obviously aren't even that crazy. No, and it's true. It's like the, the complex is where they all come together at the end of the day and support each other and... Um, you know, tell each other what they don't want to hear, but maybe they need to hear. Right. And no one wants that in a soap opera. (laughs) (laughs) And nobody Nobody wants wants that. that. Nobody wants that. No. So anyway, we'll be back next week with episodes seven and eight. Yeah. We have a Patreon, not for this podcast specifically, but for our other podcast, Hollywood Crime Scene. There's lots of content up there. Hollywood, it's patreon.com slash Hollywood crime scene. There's a lot of fun stuff there. So if you want to support this show, support that Patreon. Yeah. We're not going to make a separate one for this show. And we also have an Instagram where we'll post pics from the uh, screen grabs from the episode that you can enjoy. It's bitch slap underscore pod. Yeah. That's it. Thank you. Bye. Bye. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.